you offer these opportunities, a lot of times students feel that they're in a safe space and they can actually really talk about what's going on with them because when we ask, they don't always share. But when you create these safe spaces, such as the Innovation Gym, we had several individuals with mental health issues and it was, they said it was the first time they felt like they fit in and that there was hope. Welcome to Forward with NACI, Inspiring Entrepreneurial Action, a podcast that shares the stories of everyday entrepreneurs, entrepreneurial leaders, and the communities that support us. We hope that this diverse collection of stories brings you inspiration, inspires you to take action, and ignites entrepreneurship in your community as we make our way forward together. Welcome to this episode of Forward with NACI. I'm Rebecca Corbin, and I'm really happy to be here today talking to one of my favorite uh, champions who uh, works for uh, one of our community colleges out in Oregon, who's doing some really groundbreaking work uh, in mental health and also entrepreneurship. So I want to welcome Dr. Kim Fries to the show, and I see your beautiful mountains in the background. So why don't we just begin by you introducing yourself to our audience. Tell us a little bit of about uh, you and and maybe a little bit about your background, which led you uh, to to being and working and living in Oregon. All right. Uh, Good morning, everyone. Uh, My name is Dr. Kim Fraze. I work for Rogue Community College. I'm the Dean of Science and Applied Technology, um, which really aligns well with my workforce history. I was an entrepreneur prior to going into uh, higher ed. I had, um, gosh, about 23 businesses, about 13 startups. So I would say that I was uh, infused with the entrepreneurial spirit early. I started my first business when I was 19 um, and then continued um, through that process. And along the way, I mentored um, youth that were incarcerated, formerly incarcerated, and other individuals that were um, struggling with mental health issues. And I found that just being in this space of of fostering an entrepreneurial mindset and being um, involved in something entrepreneurial seemed to help uh, these individuals. Um, that prompted me and motivated me, uh, partly due to the, the youth I was working with. Uh, we all made a challenge to go back to college. So I went back to college with a group of about 15 students. Absolutely love psychology. I uh, spent 15 years in education. I achieved my doctoral degree in 2019 in clinical psychology. Um, I continued this work um, at uh, College of the Siskiyous, actually, in California and throughout California, uh, bringing um, entrepreneurial mindset workshops and classes to students and embedding uh, entrepreneurial mindset through activities and project-based and design-based learning in my psychology classes, which is quite unusual, but um, it really seemed to work and it took off. And so the basis of my dissertation was um, the benefits of entrepreneurial mindset in community college students with mental health issues. So that brought me here and moved to Oregon to take this opportunity and to hopefully bring the work to more individuals uh, so they can benefit from this. Yeah, I mean, it just strikes me knowing you over uh, many years, you know, your compassion and your drive and, you know, what we talk about, too, a a lot in our work of of trying to move things forward, because I look at entrepreneurial mindset a lot as growth mindset, because sometimes people aren't all like you, you know, they're not going to start 19 businesses and they might not start any businesses, but they can, they can innovate, they can grow and they can really achieve uh, and build a life that's, that's meaningful. And I think I, I see the work that you are. I know your title is Dean, which is really impressive, but I think I, I see you as somewhat as a guide of, of showing people that sometimes, you know, what, 
others might perceive to be a disadvantage can be turned around and, and become an advantage. So let's talk a little bit about mental health. I mean, it's it's really come to the fore um, of just, you know, common discussions at chambers of commerce and places where it was never discussed, at least in my um, experience before. Maybe share with us a little bit, Kim, what are some of the mental health issues that college students struggle with? And how do you, um, you know, in your work seek to, you know, kind of get your faculty to support them? And how do you provide that support to faculty and students together? Um, You know, I think that we're all aware that uh, mental health issues have become very prevalent in society and more so um, we're seeing more mental health issues in our students much more than ever before in history. And I would say that post, you know, pandemic really elucidated the need to address mental health issues because so many Um, individuals, all of us were affected by the pandemic, and it was such tumultuous and uncertain times that we saw, um, you know, increasing levels, students really struggling. And, um, you know, the the levels, there's there's different data, but um, probably 40, 50% of students suffer from some type of mental health disorder, but about 71% struggle with um, mainly stress and anxiety um, or emotional distress. And what we're finding is that uh, because it continually researched, because it's just a fascinating um, subject, you know, what what can we do about it? Because sometimes, you know, uh, therapy is just not enough and we always have other options, um, but we're very limited in most of our colleges with counselors. There's perhaps maybe one counselor to every 1,000, 1,500 students. So there's really just, it's a, it's a, it's something that I don't feel like the colleges are completely prepared to address. Um, when I um, looked for adjunctive complementary treatments and a more holistic approach to treating um, CUNY college students that have mental health issues, I found that um, there were so many stigmas and misperceptions about mental health and labeling that was associated with that. So, you know, we fast forward to the post-pandemic and the, and the world just feels uneven and, and change is happening at a rapid pace. And I don't feel like individuals are able to keep up with that. So add the workload of college, life, many are caregiving, um, juggling you know, multiple jobs, children caregiving for parents. And we're seeing these stress and emotional distress and anxiety uh, levels just, just es- escalating. I took upon um, a few students that knew I was working towards my clinical psychology degree and um, and work with them because they really had nowhere else to go. And this is what prompted the work that I do now. And I found that there were a few things. One was really uh, capitalizing on the characteristics of an entrepreneurial mindset. It's not just about starting a business. That's the side benefit. It's the work that happens in that space. And then also the characteristics that you build are resiliency, um, self-efficacy, perseverance. Um, just being in a creative space is really healthy for the brain. Um, so I started piling it with some um, individuals who were struggling, um, and the results were just outstanding. So I embedded activities and entrepreneurial mindset, evoking uh, projects, team-based. I threw them into like right in the deep end and had them create things and and just work as a team. And they were very uncertain. They were very uncomfortable. And I found that a lot of times when we have a mental health issue, we are uncomfortable. You know, we we try to hide it. We don't want to show the world our real self. And and that's an extra burden when you're already struggling for self-identity and and to build self-efficacy. And we are so much of what, you know, our environments and how we were raised and even our workforce. The, you know, the mindsets are interesting, Rebecca. I want to share that it's a concept that came about in the 19th century. 
And it was really interesting in that, you know, there's this theory that, uh, you know, we don't see images in our mind and that a lot of things that that happen are um, really outside of our thought process. So these are these thoughts and things that happen and we process really outside of our awareness. I found that by altering um, and not altering, maybe it's not the best, best word, but in looking at the mindsets from perhaps a fixed mindset and this rigid structure to more of a growth mindset, that um, students were able to process information better, to not fear failure. Um, you're familiar with effectuation. So I drew in a lot of theories, um, flow theory, positive psychology. So I brought in several theories and research um, to just kind of back this up. And um, so anyway, I've been teaching this theory within my psychology classes for about 15 years now. And so it's just, it's really exciting to see the students in a space start to grow. And the funnest part is when I get into a class, if I can share this, um, they're, they're expecting the typical class and I get a diverse group of students in all ages, which is wonderful. They get in the space and they wait for me to lecture and talk about the syllabi and all the rules and all the things that they have to do and what I expect and what I want from them. And I don't do that. I bring them in the space. <laughs> Dr. Corbin is fantastic. And there's this like wild look and some of them are bored and they don't want to take psychology and they don't want to be looked at and they don't want to be assessed. And so I just share out that you're just going to grow and you're going to figure it out. You're going to do all these things. And the first thing I do is I give them something to do. And they say, well, are you going to give us directions? Are you going to tell us what to do? No, you're going to figure it out on your own. You're going to work with teams and you're going to problem solve. And if you fail, it's going to be really great. There's no, no worry about a grade. And I don't test. They get the space and, oh, it's hilarious. And it takes them about two or three weeks. I have two um, high school students I'm still in contact with, and they said it was the first time in their educational experience they, they were ever able to think for themselves. And so it was really interesting how they um, they continued to grow and really entertained even entrepreneurial aspirations. And um, they built a self-efficacy and we mapped out their journey. And I had several students that were either veterans that were suffering from PTSD or some form of mental health issue, and also um, some other students. And so we were really able to take, as you mentioned earlier, we took what they viewed as a weakness and something that they felt ashamed of or embarrassed about. We took all of that and we built that into the strength of who they are and to capitalize on that. Because oftentimes with mental health issues, even depression, um, you know, and anxiety and stress, and even more, you know, bipolar uh, personality disorders, there are these really hidden gems of strengths that individuals possess. Perhaps it's creativity, or they've already built up so much resiliency from surviving that what we do in the class is we take all that, we capitalize on that, we allow them to have this space that they can grow in, and um, through design-based and project-based learning, they just, it's amazing. So I wish I could film one of the classes, and by the time we get down to the 11th, we, um, they're ready to pitch. They take on a capstone. We look at building a nonprofit. We do all kinds of things. We draw, we color mandalas, we do it all. And it is just so funny. It's so funny to watch them. So. Yeah, it's, it's transformational, really. Yes. It strikes me that that's really why we want people to go to college, right? Is, is to expand the mind and maybe rather than labels that are negative, they come up with their own sense of who they are. Um, it also reminds me when I was doing my doctoral work, which is like, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago, I had to take a class at Wilmington University. It was called Pluralistic Communities. And it was the same thing. And we were all working professionals, you know, doing this at night and there was no textbook. So we went, went in there and there were, these were grumblings, a lot of 
higher ed people and they're like, well, how can we have a class with no textbook? And <laughs> she pushed us and we had to go and experience different kinds of communities. Like you had to pick one. You could go to the Holocaust Museum, but if you have, you know, if you were Jewish or had that in your family, you couldn't pick that because then that's not a new experience. And I still keep in touch with that cohort today. And we still talk about how that was the most impactful class. And every single one of us complained about it, like for the first week <laughs> or two. And to think about like the work that you're doing, that we're doing as a community at NACI, it's just, it's exciting. And I, I want to get into um, a really um, cool thing that you're working on that kind of extends, um, I, I think something that is going to be stood up as a national model, I'm guessing, is this innovation jam. That is really cool. And so I want you to talk a little bit from our audience who you know may or may not be familiar with what even that means or a pitch competition. Talk about sort of what you came up with and kind of where you're headed with that idea. Um, so it started um, with the class when I finished the class is every time the students ask me, can we have more? Will you teach another class? What can we do? Can we gather? We, we you know, it's really been life changing for us. And so um, I was really wanting to take this work to a more broader demographic and increase the the ecosystem around entrepreneurship. And so there's a group of us that started meeting and they're working collaboratively with a grant on an innovation hub, which would be a collated um, set of resources. So this was separate, but it feels like things were moving really slow based on the need for the students, the immediate need of the students. And understanding the benefit of teamwork and, uh, you know, problem-based thinking and critical thinking and finding solutions, how good that is, honestly, for the brain, and then just also for building and fostering that entrepreneurial mindset. So I spoke to some individuals I had worked with, SBDC and uh, SOU, and we had just partnered on some small projects. And I asked them if they would help me launch this. I didn't know what it looked like. I didn't know how to really do this on my own. It's a, you know, huge effort. Um, so we came up with the idea of an innovation jam, and the, and the wording was just to really inspire individuals that this is a fun place to be, um, you know, to ideate and to work together. So we put together an event, and then I work with Invent Oregon. Uh, one of my colleagues, Dusty, a, a science faculty, we encourage uh, participation in Invent Oregon, which is a competition. Um, students create a product, uh, typically it's engineering students, around some type of climate-based issue or sustainability. And so um, anyway, I've been you know, helping with that for, gosh, three years. I love it. But I feel like the work should continue throughout the year because it's one time. So anyway, I came up with this idea of an innovation jam. And so Invent Oregon was on board and they helped sponsor it. And then Portland Community College Entrepreneurial Center wanted to be involved as well. So together, we put through this event together in like three months. And so it was this space um, where the students showed up. We actually had 35 sign up and we were hoping for maybe five or six first time. <laughs> and, yeah. And so the idea was that they um, they show up and um, we give them three pressing solutions from our region. And so they had three areas to choose from. And their their goal was during that whole day was to come up with a solution as a team. And um, we started them off with a, a Rochambeau session to kind of as an icebreaker because they were all very nervous and quiet. Some didn't want to talk. And, you know, it was it was really fun to be in this really uncomfortable space for them. And then to break it up in Rochambeau, they they found, they formed teams and they worked through the day through design based thinking. And they worked on um, they got to choose the problems. We also had um, customers from. Uh, the region come in and they interviewed the customers. They worked one-on-one -on -one with the customers and they had a, a mentor and a pitch coach. 
And it was really good for them to inter, uh, interview the, the customers. So they really get that feeling and that interaction with someone and, and uh, really help ex expand um, that design thinking. And um, then it um, finished up with a pitch. And so they had five minutes to pitch their product, which what's really, I don't know, one of the things that I came away with was how in a space of two hours, and this was an eight hour event, in two hours, you could go from uh, people being uncomfortable and uncertain to the noise level in the room you couldn't even hear. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was close. So anyway, we, we pitch everyone, um, Received something and some honor, but all of the teams um, approached all three pressing issues and addressed them. And a few of those individuals are moving forward into Event Oregon with their inventions. And so, um, and, and uh, others are actually literally launching ideas that maybe they've thought about for 12 years. Um, so it was just, it was fabulous. So the goal is to run it again in the fall. Oh my gosh, that is, it's so exciting. I, I feel like I could talk to you for hours. <laughs> Unfortunately, our, our time is running short, but I, I really encourage people to um, kind of look into the work that you're doing. Um, uh, you work at Rogue Community College, which is beautiful. I've been out there, uh, Grants Pass, Oregon, uh, just, uh, just a phenomenally, you know, lovely place, lots going on there. And I just want to thank you, Dr. Kim Fries, for joining us today. And if you just wanted to leave us with a, a last word of maybe something that you're hopeful for, um, for anybody who might be tuning in to our podcast today. Um, I am very hopeful that um, educators will um, embrace new, um, you know, teaching or pedagogical resources around entrepreneurial mindset. Because as you mentioned with the textbooks, it's a theoretical approach. It really doesn't allow students to broaden um, and be creative and, in, you know, and use their own thinking processes. You know, we read and we just kind of, you know, adhere to what's being taught and that's okay. And it's applicable in certain situations, but I would really like to invite educators to, offer more design-based, project-based thinking opportunities for students and an entrepreneurial, entrepreneurship, um, uh, mindset activities, um, because you just don't know what you don't know and students don't often share. And when you offer these opportunities, a lot of times students feel that they're in a safe space and they can actually really talk about what's going on with them because when we ask, they don't always share. But when you create these safe spaces, such as the Innovation Gym, we had several individuals with mental health issues, and it was, they said it was the first time they felt like they fit in and that there was hope. Oh, wow. That gave me chills. And one of those students is um, in the event Oregon, and he really struggles. And um, so just your heart. It's just this, this great place that we can um, prepare our students to succeed and just this in this world that's ever-changing. They can be fearful, but it's very um, good to install hope and it's exhilarating all the things that are happening. So really thinking about what we do in the classroom and what we can do more to support our students with mental health issues. I love that. Thank you so much, Kim. Well, I hope you have a wonderful day. You too. Thank you. It's been an honor. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that you will continue to explore the many ways to define entrepreneurship with NACI as we celebrate opportunity, failing forward, and success learning from one another along the way. Subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform and follow at NACI on social media and learn more about us at NACI.com forward slash podcast. Stay tuned for a new episode each week. We look forward to making our way forward together with you.
Have you heard the exciting news? NACI recently released a new publication titled The NACI Playbook, Volume 1, all about how entrepreneurial mindset sets the new standard for success in communities and colleges. The NACI Playbook digs into entrepreneurial mindset and how practicing leadership with this framework creates an agile culture with space to innovate, co-create, fail forward, and accelerate growth. Entrepreneurship and entrepreneurial leadership require us to lean in, anticipate and recognize trends, manage change, be resilient, take risks, reflect, and rest in the knowledge that anything is possible. Learn from our innovative, insightful, generous network who navigates both challenges and opportunities entrepreneurially as we share what we've learned and how you might apply their experience to your work. We hope you'll be as inspired as we were. Learn more at www.nacyplaybook.com.